Hi everyone, so it's Anime Echoes here, and this is going to be my thoughts on Bakano Volume 12. So this is a whole new arc in the 2000s. Now obviously this is just one half of the story, but yeah, let's get into it, and obviously spoilers. Okay, so I really like the setting of this novel, like the fact that it's on a cruise ship, and Narita's always like really good at detailing the setting, like he makes it feel really alive, like the railroad arc, like basically every novel, like the setting itself feels alive. And it gives like a persona of its own. Um, it's a breath of fresh air jumping into the future. Like the 2000s storyline is mostly untouched, but it becomes really interesting. It even mentions the mask makers from volume 11. So I thought that tie-in was really dope. So yeah, um, now I'm going to be jumping into the characters. So yeah, Firo is um, great as always. Um, it's always fun to see him again. I like him a lot. I think it's hilarious that everyone thinks he looks too young or baby-faced. Also, Bloody Firo is still shy with Ennis. She's shy too, but Jesus, it's been like 70 years and they haven't had any sex or anything like that. They're still very, like, kiddy about it, and I guess that does kind of line up then, because, well, if he's very kiddy about it and he looks just like a bit above a teenager, you know, kind of, it kind of all checks out, doesn't it? It's always good to see Ennis, though she doesn't really do too much in this novel. Um, she's mostly just around, but yeah, hoping we dive more into her character um, in the next novel, hopefully. Um, Shez is fantastic. He's definitely one of my personal favourite characters, and he just continues to be better. After the events um, with 2001 with Alma, he's far more, like, authentic. Um, he's developed away from his shyness and, like, despair. And now he, like, jokes around a lot, which is really great. Like, it's mostly at Fira's expense, which is also kind of good to see. Um, though, also, Shez is also still traumatized by the railroad arc or the Flying Pussyfoot event. Specifically, Claire. Like, it really kind of, um, he pushed him into a place that he didn't want to go to, I guess. And um, I really love that all throughout this novel, Shez can sense that something's wrong. He seems to have a way of seeing scenarios that uh, keep going awry. Like, all of the incidents that are mentioned by him are things that we've witnessed, right? Because we get to see, like, the best events throughout the story. Like, the Flying Pussyfoot event, 2001, all those things that kind of affected him in some way. Um, but I don't think that's what he's really bracing for. I don't think he's bracing for, I don't know, what's going on with the mask makers or something like that. Like, what's going on makes Shez feel kind of eerie, and I'm super keen to find out what that is. So, yeah, Shez is definitely one of the better, best parts. Um, it doesn't really take up too much screen time so far, but... Yeah, I really enjoyed every scene that he was in. Um, what was kind of a big surprise was seeing Claudia and Charon. Charon? I don't know how to say his name. Um, but yeah, they're the granddaughter and grandson of Claire and Chane. Um, and hearing that Claire is like on the Caribbean or something and actually being 90 and still adventuring sounds just like him. Now, Claudia seems to take after Claire. She also believes the world to be hers. Uh, not sure if that's something that she like inherited from him or if that's something she actually just kind of believes. Like, she's a child star, and you're probably going to think that the world is yours, like, if you're in that kind of position. But I think it's pretty heavily implied that it's not just her being a child star. It's because she's, um, you know, the granddaughter of Claire. Now, um, Sharon, Charon, I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. Um, he seems like Chane. But apparently the reason why he seems this way isn't because of her. It's because he, he hangs out with Keith Gandor. So I love it when the Gandors are mentioned, uh, but I thought this was just hilarious. Like, Keith says absolutely nothing unless he's talking with Kate. Um, so I guess he thought that was kind of cool and wanted to, like, imitate him in some way. I don't know, I just love that connection. Um, and yeah, so far, Claudia and 
um, him, Sharon, whatever his name is, seems like they seem like pretty interesting characters. Um, not sure where things are kind of going with them, but Claudia's storyline seems to be kind of tied up with illnesses. Now, jumping to illness. Now, I like her quite a bit. She seems like a good character overall, but her past was absolutely nuts. Like, she's tortured as a sacrifice by some egomaniac family, and she thought that was her entire world, like just that entire system that she was in. Then she saw things like some kids who tried to help her, which opened her to the idea that there was an other world that kind of existed. So no longer just like the world of the forest that she was in. And that idea um, is very similar to like the story from 2001. And then this crazy family decides to tell her all about the world and how amazing it is and how people live and then still tortures her. So she went from being ignorant and then suffering and then knowing that there's way better things out there and then still suffering and being tortured. So Jesus, it's terrible. Like her past is absolutely horrible. But yeah, um, that stupid family gets killed by the mask makers and now she works for them and is part of like a quartet with um, like death, um, she's illness, aging, etc. Um, and yet death died, uh, he, death died very like early on. Um, I don't know if he actually kind of died, I'm kind of up in the air about that. Now the mask makers are all movie buffs, which is kind of funny. I do like how much personality they have as a team and so far no one specifically like stands out. They seem like a group that's kind of like there's no like individual that really stands out right now. But I get the feeling that they aren't the main enemy or maybe they are but there are other things kind of afoot. Um Bobby and his gang are okay. Uh, it's Bobby's plot, so that's a descendant of Jacuzzi, so that did kind of pique my interest right at the start. Um, his standout moment was being on the stage in front of everyone. Um, that would make me throw up if I was in his situation. Like how awkward, you know, to not, you're like you're not even the star, but like you're just some random guy and you're in this costume and now you have to act like you're a star. Um, now the girl, Kanya, she wasn't all that interesting until the revelation that she was Angelo's boss. So that was kind of like a WTF kind of moment. Um, and she says she's, um, he's kind of like her father figure. So what's going on there? Um, he does kind of look like her father. Um, now, Angelo, he seems dope. I do like him. I like that um, he shares like the same values as Fira, not hurting women or children. I feel like they'll bond over that, maybe in the next novel. Um, he seems pretty hell-bent on this mission. I wonder if that has anything to do with Kanya. It probably does, um, but yeah, we'll see. So far, he seems like a cool dude. Now, the demolition guy, he talks like really batshit. He seems kind of crazy. Um, but honestly, I don't really have much else to say other than, yeah, he seems kind of crazy. Anyhow, that seems to be majority of the characters. Um, now onto like kind of scenes. Um, the gunfight that broke out was pretty dope. I really like the action. I really like illness being the trigger for that and it being something so casual, which I thought was really good. Like her just kind of be like, oh, you're the, you're the gunman. And then it's like, oh, now that she pointed him out, you know, everyone has to fight now. And yet all hell just kind of breaks loose on the ship. Um, it was such a casual way, but it was kind of genius. Like, I was wondering how everything would get flipped. And it was just her being like, hey, like, I know you. Um, now, seemingly, the mask makers have taken over. But upon listening to, like, that divorced couple who have, um, like, one of them's taken one of the ships and one of them's taken the other, apparently there's zombies and shit and ghouls. So I have no idea what's happening on that other ship. Um, and the chant at the end about fear, death, dread life, super eerie. And this is why I think death might not have died. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just connecting death with what those, um, what that chant is saying, basically. I have no idea. 
And then the copycat lyrics. So there's some mastermind, and he says something. He says something crazy. Um, that like this kind of scenario. He wants there to be no hope, and then he says that Isaac and Miria can't catch up this time, and that he's never met them, but he's aware that they are hope. Um, and he's clicking away at a keyboard. But honestly, this sounds kind of wild. He sounds like some sort of like. I don't know, like godly being or something that can like see what's every or see everything that's happening, or maybe just some sort of mastermind. Um, but yeah, like like Isaac and Miria was the hope in the railroad arc. Like that's what they kind of represented. I th- I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like this this guy seems he seems important, but I don't really know what he's supposed to be. His name's Copycat. Like what's he what's he copying? Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Um, and we have like we have Ronnie who's a demon, so is it that far out of reach to say that there could be another kind of godly being? Though he could just be a mastermind. I don't know. I feel like I'm reaching with that one. Anyways, overall, I thought this was a pretty good volume. It started off a bit slow for my taste. Not in terms of um <clears throat> like the build up per se, but I think the mask makers um were a bit too chatty sometimes and that, that prologue scene with um Claudia and um Charon or whatever his name is went on for a bit too long. Um, though once out of the prologue, then things really started to pick up and I thought it was pretty dope, especially when we jumped back to like Firo and Ennis and Shez and stuff like that, then things started happening and then the prologue also felt like it was really worth it because those characters were coming in and everyone was interacting. Now I can't really rate this novel because it's just like the first half of a novel, so it's mostly like set up. Um, so the real rating for this arc or this novel can only really be determined after the next one. So I'm just going to say, yeah, it was a good read. I enjoyed it. Um, Keen to see what happens next.